Hey friends, it's Ellen Olson Brown with the Sun of My Face podcast. Thank you to those of you who uh, contacted me to make sure I was okay because I haven't recorded in a few days. And that is unusual for me because usually the rhythm of this podcast is that I, once I start recording, I record for 50 days in a row. Well, there's been a little hiatus and here's what happened. On Friday, last Friday, I uh, said goodbye to my husband as he left with a friend to go um, up to Maine for the weekend to a spot that has, file this away because it's important, not very good cell service at all and no internet. Um, I was looking forward, actually, to a weekend at home with not very many people in the house, getting a lot done, having a nice quiet time. Um, And I was happy for him that he could spend some time with a good friend. So Friday night, I picked up my son from work. We came back to the house and very quickly discovered that we had no Internet. We went to the router, and usually there is a paper clip there, and you can usually just stick it in the hole, reset the router, and, you know, for whatever reason that the router has gone bonky-wonky, you know, it, it resets, everything is fine, and voila, we have internet connectivity again. Well, this time, that did not work, and upon further inspection, we noticed that the router was dead, no matter what we did. It it just did not turn on. Now, please understand that I am now well versed in computer vocabulary, in how the Internet actually enters our house and is broadcast in the various pieces of equipment that are involved. Um, But on Friday night, I was a mere noob. I really, I did not know the the difference between a router and a modem. I felt totally intimidated and I felt a little bit embarrassed that over the past 23 years that we've been married, that I have let my husband do all the computer stuff. And I will tell you something, I love what I can do on a laptop, on a tablet. Um, I have no interest really in understand. Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? But I don't need to understand how it happens. And I just don't have, you know, with the limited number of years we have on this earth, you can't learn about and be interested in absolutely everything. And I just, I don't, I don't want to know how to fix the computer. I just want it to be fixed. So there we were Friday night. I wasn't quite sure what was wrong. It seemed like it was probably the router. Uh, I could not reach Caleb because he had no access. He had like very, very spotty. So every once in a while, like a text message would go through, but I couldn't really ask him what was going on. I also knew what was in store for the next day, which was that uh, my son needed to use the car all day. And um, we only had one car at home. And uh, so there was no chance that we were going to be able to go to the store to buy a new router and give it a try until late afternoon. Um, And we weren't even sure that that would work. So I am embarrassed to tell you that what I felt was panic. Now, here's the thing. I still had cell service and we still had data. 
But I am on my laptop and my tablet a lot. And a lot of what I do is in the cloud. Of course, well, some of the things that I do in the cloud, I could do, you know, on a piece of paper or I could do in a, in a Word document, I guess, while I was working on it. But I'm just so used to like the kaleidoscope of web pages that I usually have open and programs that I'm using and sending this here and sending that there and communicating with this person. And you guys know the drill. You pretty much do the same thing probably too. And I had kind of planned on a very productive weekend in certain ways. Like there were things I really wanted to do that I needed my computer and connectivity for. And uh, we had already had a data overage for the month. So um, there's four people in our family. We all share a data plan. I know, I know we probably should have an unlimited plan. We don't. And we had already had a little issue where it got overused for the month. So, and I really felt like I needed to tell my son who lives at home, like, you cannot now go up to your room and like watch Netflix using data. So then I felt like I needed to also not use data to like, I mean, I felt like I could use it to look up information about how to fix our internet problem or to communicate when I needed to. But I felt like I, I just didn't feel like it was the right thing for me to attach to the hotspot and spend hours and hours on my computer as I would have done. So I felt weird on Friday night knowing that um, a whole world of options was not open to me. And um, I knew it wasn't the end of the world, but I did go through certain stages. I, I like the stages of grief. And the first one was denial. I kept like sitting in a chair being like, oh, this is nice. I can sit and read. I have a cup of tea. It's going to be wonderful. I'll go to bed early. I'll wake up in the morning. It's going to be great. And um, then I would be like, maybe it's working now. Maybe if I turn it on and off a few times, it will, the router will start working. Maybe if I plug it into a different outlet. Maybe if I stick the paperclip in, you know, another four or five times, it will work. Maybe if I drop it on the ground, maybe there's just one little wire that's not working correctly. Now, you have to know this thing is 13 years old and it was dead. There was nothing to do. Um, but I kept like thinking, well, maybe maybe it's this. Maybe if I go down to the basement and look at the control panel, which I have no idea what, what the lights mean or anything like that. So a little denial, a little depression, a little bargaining, maybe even some anger. Like, why is this happening to me? Um, and I finally reached a place, I think by the time I went to bed, of kind of disoriented acceptance. Acceptance because, you know what, everything was really fine, but disoriented. Now, here's the thing. I I wish I could tell you exactly where this study came from and what the results are and um, that it's peer reviewed and that you can trust this data that I'm about to give you. But apparently when scientists give monkeys I don't know if this was a good idea with the scientists. And I don't know if it's like chimps, which are actually not monkeys. I get it. But let's just say monkeys for right now. Um, give them a tool uh, that that's a new tool and the monkeys use it a lot. 
the monkeys, apparently the brain starts to act almost as if the monkey is an extension. The tool is an extension of the monkey's body. And um, I think that's how we all interact with the technology around us. It sure feels like that. And um, I just kept feeling almost like I was missing an opposable thumb. Like there were just things like I, I kept wanting to look things up or uh, be distracted in a certain way or I'd get an idea and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that goes into this file here or um, oh, now that I can't do it, I really want to balance my checkbook and I need to go online to do that. You know, all of these all of these different things. So um, disoriented. I really felt like I was missing a body part in a way. So uh, I want to tell you about two things that came out of this experience over the course of the weekend that I would really like to hold on to. I'll give you a little spoiler alert, which is that we we do have Internet now, finally, and it finally works. And I am proud because I did a lot of really good troubleshooting and a lot of communicating with various customer service people. And, you know, that can be very unfun. But I handled it with grace and style. And um, I'm really proud of myself. So we have Internet. And I played no small part in making sure that that happened, but it just took a while because we had to get a whole new like system put into our basement to handle the data coming in and out of our house. So anyway, it was more complicated than just buying a new router. Um, but I know this is getting long, but you know what? You haven't been able to hear from me for many days. So hopefully this is a treat. Um, okay, so two things happened. One was Friday night, um, I got into bed and realized, I mean, not for the first time, but I got into bed with my phone and a pile of books because I tend to go to sleep with enough books to basically handle flying around the world three times and never not having something to read. So, um, you know, I had books with me, but what was the first, what's the first thing I usually do, honestly? Pick up my phone and I'm like, I'll just check whatever, Instagram, Twitter, you know, I'll just check the weather for tomorrow. I'll just check my email. I'll just check to see if some magical thing has happened on my computer that I just couldn't live without. And uh, do I ever just check one thing? No. So I set my alarm. I put my phone off to the side because I'm not supposed to be using data and I'm going to be a good doobie about this. And um, I was about to pick like the lights were out. I was about to pick up a book and then I noticed that there was a firefly right outside my window and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like it seemed like a big maybe I've only seen fireflies from a distance, but it was like big and green and really, really cool looking and beautiful. And then I noticed there was actually a firefly in my bedroom. And I just followed it around the room because, you know, they only flash intermittently. And sometimes it would just flash and then reappear someplace else. And other times it would flash while it was flying and leave these like zigzags, in, you know, like light traces in the air. And 
following the firefly around, I think like it's almost like my brain and this would make sense, right? That our brains are programmed to like look at the stars at night, look at one bright object in a very dark sky. And I could just feel myself getting sleepy, sleepy, sleepy until finally I couldn't keep my eyes open, closed my eyes and fell asleep. And I had a great night of sleep. And, you know, this is just a, an N of one, one person, one night. But I wonder if not looking at my phone and actually going to sleep pretty much right when I got into bed rather than 45 minutes or an hour later helped me sleep through the night. And it just felt kind of magical. I felt really um, like a gift had been given to me. The next morning, my alarm went off um, and I wanted to pick up my phone because that's usually what I do first thing in the morning. I did have to touch it to turn off the alarm. And for those of you who have listened to previous episodes, I know I keep talking about getting a better uh, alarm clock for myself. And uh, that's still on the list. I have visited Amazon a couple of times and I have a hard time sometimes choosing, even though thank you for the great recommendations. It is going to happen. And maybe this is the thing that's going to push me over the edge. Anyway, uh, so I didn't pick up my phone. And I was lying in my bed for maybe five minutes, just like, you know, I've like, just beautiful trees right outside my window and I could see the blue sky and it was a lovely day. And then as I'm lying there, three crows, I can hear crow caws and right outside my window on a branch that was like right in my eye line, these three crows, not on one branch, but they're like this like cluster of branches. There's three crows and they're like, doing dances, it looks like, and all these different caws. And I couldn't tell if they were cawing at other birds or like another family of birds or at each other, but they were hilarious. It was like Disney, Disney bird. I expected them practically to break out in song. Um, beautiful, hilarious, imposing. Uh, and then they flew away and it felt to me like I was, it was time to get, get up. And it's not that I don't notice those things at other times of the day, but I don't know, something about it felt like a little bit of like, hey, look what you could be noticing if you didn't have your nose in somebody else's business on the phone. So that was cool. And then um, I got up and I actually realized like, oh, it's not pandemic time anymore. I could go to the library and I could get some work done. And I decided not to. I decided to stay at home until I could go try to get a new router because I thought that would solve the problem. And just to have a non-digital day. I did listen to podcasts and audiobooks that I had loaded on my phone. I did check my email. Um, and I did. Is that pretty much all I did? I think that is pretty much all I did. And a couple of times during the day, I did a little thought experiment where I tried to imagine and re or more like remember what it felt like to really be in a world where there was no option for doing really like that the only option for transporting yourself instantly from where you were to another place or to connect with another person 
was to call them on the phone. And I transported myself kind of mentally even back to the place where, like, let's talk 1977 when I was 10. And like, if you made a phone call, if the person wasn't there, you couldn't leave a message. If nobody was at home, you couldn't connect. You couldn't say, call me back later. You couldn't say anything. And if the person was doing something else, the line was busy. It was a simpler time. And so I was trying to remember what it felt like to be in the world. It's not that we didn't have TV or radio. God, I feel like such an old lady talking this way. But um, I was trying to remember what it felt like to be in the world, interacting with real world items and real world actions. And it's not that there isn't something real about the internet and about the connection, but I think you get what I'm saying. So I was kind of trying to feel like, okay, like what, what did I do back then? (laughs) Like, you know, when, like, what did I see as the range of possibilities of things that I could do? Like I could move around in the world. I could get on my bike or I don't have a skateboard now, but when I was in fifth grade, I did have a skateboard and um, you know, I could make something I could do like I read a real book. There's all there's all these things. But I have to tell you that trying to remember what it felt like to not constantly have the entire world in front of me to not be able to be like, if I wanted to right now, I could sit down and watch any of thousands and thousands and thousands of TV shows and movies. And I could listen to any audiobook that I could download and I could, you know, take a course. I could, I was trying to remember what it felt like to have a much more limited range of possibilities. And I have to tell you that every once in a while I could feel a glimmer of how that felt, but it took, it felt like I was lifting cinder blocks with my brain to kind of remember what that felt like. I think even when I did plug into some activities, like I spent a long time weeding and kind of getting some stuff done in my garden. I made cookies. I did some cleaning. I did a bunch of reading. I read a lot this weekend. I even took a nap on the couch. I, what else did I do? I took the dog for a walk. I You know, like there's plenty to do. But I was always aware that like if I wanted to use the data, I I could look things up. I could get on Instagram. I could like that. That possibility was there. That Pandora's box has been opened and we're not going to stuff it back in the box. But I really enjoyed um having a little break. And part of me thought, you said you were going to record this podcast, so you should record it and you should just totally like go to the library or use the data or do whatever you need to do to, um, you know, show up and, and continue. And then part of me was like, nope, I think people will understand. And I think this is like a real opportunity to experience the world in a different way so that maybe you can experience the world in a different way. So that is the story of what happened. 
so that's what you get for this 20th episode. Um, interview will be back 30th episode. And I do have a recommendation for you today. Um, I don't know if you have listened to Joni Mitchell's Blue album. I feel like it's the kind of thing that either you have listened to and like you are blown away by it, or maybe you haven't crossed paths with it. Like my kids, they've heard some songs from it, but I don't think that like it's part of their kind of canon. Um, but it is an amazing album. So if you haven't, give it a try. And there is an article in the New York Times. It's it's online. So you will have to go online to enjoy this. But um, if you type into Google 50 reasons to love Joni Mitchell's blue in the New York Times, it's like an interactive feature with photographs. You can listen to snippets from the song. And it's all these other musicians who have interacted with Joni Mitchell or helped um, produce blue or put blue uh, played um like i didn't realize that james taylor is on blue that he played some of the guitar on it so um i think that's what i understood from reading what i read so i so recommend i really got lost in it today spent a good half hour 45 minutes just reading that so that's my recommendation and it's good to be back i'll talk to you soon Bye.